Welcome to the OmniTalk Fast Five, sponsored by Takeoff, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, and for the next month, Manhattan Associates. Today is March 13th, 2021. I am your host, Chris Walton, and I am joined, as always, by the illustrious Dan Mazinga. Oh, I get illustrious again, huh? Got illustrious, illustrious. today. Yes, oh, wow. Thank you. Wow. That's you, so nice of you. You totally deserve it. No, I'm, I'm feeling good, Anton. I'm feeling good. Like, it's, it's, we're closing up the week here. I did this, I did a, I did another tasting event last week. For those listening, like, I've been doing all these different, like, wine tasting events with different retail execs. And if you're interested, you should definitely give us a call. We can talk more about it. But, like, started doing with the wine last night. We did our first whiskey tasting event. And, uh, woo! People stuck around for like another half hour, 45 minutes just to talk retail. It was it was amazing. Dude, you're getting so bougie. I'm going to have to give you a hard time, I think, because you're like you're doing conferences with like MIT and NASA professors. This week, you're like doing whiskey tastings like pinkies up, man. Yeah, I knew nothing nothing about whiskey, by the way. Absolutely zero. And oh, I know. I'm aware. Yeah, I I learned a little bit, but, you know, I, I still didn't learn that much. But you want to talk bougie. Let's get let's get to the real bougie headline. Like you know, oh my God. late night comedians love Donald Trump because of how much material they that he would give them. I think Mark Laurie is my Donald Trump. Like I cannot believe how much material he is giving to me right now. First, you had the Timberwolves. Then there's like food trucks for rich people. You want to talk bougie? And oh my God, I can't believe the reaction on social media to that one. And then yesterday we get this story that he's like starting a new venture fund with A Rod and well. I just can't even take anymore, but I know you had a lot of thoughts on that in terms of, 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 of reading, like what he's trying to do with A-Rod here. Like, well, oh my God. just go, I, just I, lather on. Cause I'm curious to hear what you think. I walked, I walked right into that one. I set it up for you and now we're never going to get off Mark. Lowry, we're never probably uh, going to get off this. Podcast. Once you say bougie, it's, no, first, it's like word association I, with me. Oh my God. No, I just, I, I read that article about, um, about the social commerce company that they're, you know, they, the company sold 40% of their company for $10 million to A-Rod and Mark Laurie. I just feel like, I don't know, Mark's walking around and he's just like the hot girl from the 80s movies that everybody wants to date that just goes around breaking hearts, just like one right after another. And I like I, I texted you like I have this vision of like Doug McMillan and A-Rod sitting down, just like hands embracing each other. Like, it's going to be OK, man. She did it to me, too. She, she, she did it too. to me, too. No. And so everyone understands what we're talking about, too. So yesterday, the story broke. Matt Boyle, great reporter from Bloomberg. He said that they, they A-Rod... I just can't remember myself to say this. A-Rod and Mark Laurie have started a new fund. And of course, it's called Vision Capital People with slashes in between all those words or VCP for short. And it launches with 50 million of the pair's own money. And then they say they could eventually raise another 300 to $500 million. And it's like you said, they've, they've come out and said, we're going to take early stage stakes in companies in the range of 40 to 80%. And they talked about this one company now with, which is in like, it looks like social commerce live streaming. I went on their site yesterday. It's got one of those wait lists, which was also the jet black tactic to make it sound like it was cool, but it never was. But yeah, these, they, these guys basically gave these founders $10 million for a 40% stake in their company. And I don't get why you would take this deal because you're going to get snookered. Like, even if this thing has a huge exit, you're not going to get a huge piece of that. Like, it's just not going to make sense for you. And then if you're taking this philosophy long run, right? Like you're possibly, if you're Malori and A-Rod, you're using other people's money. And so you're getting these huge stakes. You get other people in there to run these things. Like you've got no risk here. You're just selling yourself as an advertiser. You're like, 
you're like Ronco selling selling the hairspray again. Like that's all this is. Like I just that that was a food dehydrator. I think Ronco Ronco. Oh, he had everything. We're like about? set it yeah. and forget it. Like I think that's that's probably part of the pitch. Like hey, give me forty percent of your company and we can set it and forget it. He was I'm the pre-shark king. Shit out of this one. You know, I mean, just buyer beware on this. Like I don't, I just don't get it. The other part too that I think gets me. I think you'll. I think you'll understand. That's part of why we do what we do. It's funny because I was thinking about this this morning. I read it, read in the hustle, great newsletter. Um, they had a statistic today, like three out of five new businesses never even yeah. make money. And right. 80% of them don't even make it to the second year. So you can try to buy into all this stuff, all this fancy glitz and glam, but I just come back to it again. Like what the hell do Mark, Lori, and A-Rod know about live stream commerce? Like, honestly, somebody tell me because Mark started two companies and he knows live streaming. Fuck all. He doesn't know that. Like, come on. And by the way, show me what the hell he did. Again, I will say this till the cows come home. What the hell did the guy do at Walmart for the last four or five years? Somebody tell me. And they're off buying some new company. Walmart's off buying some new company today. God, I don't know. Some And sorry. they're taking my Timberwolves. Yeah. And, well, fortunately, the deal looks like it hasn't closed yet. So I'm still holding yeah, they're out still hope talking. there is a God out there in heaven that is they looking over you and I. Because you and me, excuse me, bad language. But anyway. Enough about that. We are, we actually didn't want to talk about Mark Lauren. No. But the material is just so prevalent. We had to. And Move for those on. who are loyal to the show, know that it's just like, it's a thing. But anyway, um, let's get going, Ann. I think we got to get this momentum going. What do you think? Should we build I, some momentum here? Yeah, let's get it. Let's get right. the party started, yeah. man. Yeah, I think we need to build momentum because Manhattan's Momentum Connect event is coming up soon. And it's going to be big. I told you guys last week, I'm speaking at it. But you can expect some big announcements related to everything Manhattan's doing in cloud commerce. And word has it, there's even a couple big global partners of Manhattan who also may be making big announcements at the event too. You can register for the event in the show notes. We will put the link in there. Hope you'll come and check it out. I'm really excited about the speech I'm giving on the five trends that are converging to shape the future of retail. All right, we've got a great show today. In today's Fast Five, we're going to discuss eBay allowing NFT sales. I like saying that already. Dick's Sporting Goods' new off-price concept. This was a huge popular topic for everyone on social media. Tanger, if I'm saying that right, and correct me if I'm That's wrong. That's right. Rhymes with Hanger from past Tanger episodes. and Hanger. Tanger Outlets and Philogic have a new partnership. Circle K has a new beverage subscription. We're going to end with that because Anne, Anne, is, Anne is in love with this one, and I can't understand why when she poo-pooed Panera so much good alliteration there. But first, we're going to start and take off like we always do with Walmart now running scared like Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal in an 80s movie. And I think you have the honors. <laughs> I do. So our first headline this week uh, according to a leaked Walmart memo, Walmart outlined the uphill battle that they face, particularly in grocery, against competitors, Amazon, Target, Instacart, and others. So the 100-page memo was actually an RFP for agencies that they were looking to to help handle the planning and buying of ad placements for the retail giant. Uh, the document also hints at the challenges that the company's new subscription service, Walmart Plus, is facing in retaining new members. Chris, you have been questioning. I feel like the the Walmart Plus WTF moment has been happening for us on a repeat basis over the last couple of weeks. What are you thinking here? Yeah, I mean, I I I've been. I think we're. I think we've been on this. I mean, I, let's let's play back the trajectory. Like, right? It was really even in the beginning. It was really critical of everything they were doing digitally under Lori. Then it felt like they kind of got rid of that and they started going in a different direction. And they started off the pandemic, I think, really strong. 
and I was excited about Walmart Plus. But then as things started to play out, you started to see where the chinks in the armor were going to be. And we've been talking about this now for, I think, probably six or seven months, which number one, Walmart is in a rock and a hard place when it comes to the third-party delivery marketplaces. You've got Target with Ship, Amazon running its own network, and Instacart becoming stronger by the day. And also GoPuff now sitting out there doing what it's doing in a pretty strong and big, bad way too. Walmart is sitting in isolation there. I don't know what their play is right now. And I've said this a thousand times on social media, the biggest regret of McMillan's career is going to be wasting slash spending $3 billion on Jet. And they should have been probably looking at Instacart at around that same period of time for that probably similar sum of money. So that's one. The second thing too, Walmart Plus, I am really worried about this now. And I was saying how they needed to make it cool back last fall, right? Like I was saying, put the, put the Sam's Club subscription into it. Do something. There is nothing that's been happening with this. It's not interesting. Also, the other thing that's the canary in the coal mine for me, why aren't they, why aren't they saying what their statistics are if it's good? Disney Plus was shouting from the heaven its statistics. Target was shouting its statistics for circle perks or whatever the hell that thing's called. Walmart hasn't said a goddamn thing about this, which means it ain't good. All right. It ain't. Right. And so they got to do something cool with this, or otherwise, this is a real, real threat. Oh, and lastly, let's not forget this. Amazon Fresh is still coming, right? That's knocking on the door of every suburban community in the country. And they're going to figure out mass retail at great prices pretty damn well, if the history is any indication. So yeah, if I was Walmart, I don't know that this story is like, is the burning platform enough? Right. I completely agree. I mean, I think that for me, it was like, look, Walmart, you can't rest on what you have been for years. You're 4,700 plus locate, you know, store locations. Yeah. Like that's becoming irrelevant. And like you said, Chris, I think the gap is closing in. There was an, a few articles that came out that said, you know, Amazon's supposed to be the, the U.S.'s largest retailer by 2025. And there's multiple reasons for that, for the expansion expansion of fresh. I also think strategy for stores, like they don't need hundred thousand square foot boxes for Amazon that target no. or sorry, that Walmart has, they're figuring out how to do this more efficiently and how to have more density in communities without having as, as huge a footprint as they need to and, and operations that go with that. So yeah, I think, uh, I, you know, Walmart plus came out with their big stats. Remember, like they had 11,000 yeah. people or something in the first week. And it, people it's always say kind survey. Of the people say survey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, always right. been a little cloudy. So, you know, but I will say in closing my, I'm kind of rooting for Walmart a little bit. I think if I was to predict, I think we're going to have a big announcement from them in the next couple of months. Really? And if we, and yeah, I do. I think that like they've been quiet as far as like what they're really going to be doing as far as innovation is concerned to truly compete against Amazon. So my thought is that they have something brewing and we'll hear something in the next yeah. few months or, or we're in big trouble. I, I hope so. Here's what I think is going to happen. And I know they listen to the show too, but I like, here's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to try to make some big announcements. Now, my question will be, are those just the sizzle announcements? Like you saw today, like they bought some like yeah. fashion fit startup, which I, I, that I, we can go into that later. I'm not huge into that, but okay, fine. But like, are they going to start making sizzle announcements like that? Or are they going to actually do something that moves the needle? Like, like we were, it has, one of to, things, be. It has to be a move the needle. Well, and yeah. here's the thing, like, like, so like that Sam's club thing, like, boom, that would move the needle for me if they were to do something like that or like do something like the healthcare stuff is taking way too long. I think the other motif you're seeing here is it just takes these big companies way too long to move and do something cool. And a lot of people on social media, LinkedIn are saying like, oh, but give them all the credit for everything they've done in grocery. Well, 
everyone's done that in grocery. I keep saying that. Like, look at what Mark Lori, I get that all the time. Look at what Mark Lori did for Walmart at grocery. No, everyone was doing that. Everyone was starting to do that. If Walmart needed to pay somebody $3 billion to see that, what the fuck is all I have to say? Like, oh my God. So we are on. getting like double explicit rating on this yeah. podcast. No, I'm, I'm in, yeah, sorry. Earmuffs everyone. But like, if they got it, they've got to do something bold. They've got to do something big. And if this isn't a wake up call, I know it's just one report, but this should be a wake up call. There has to be something more probably different. All right. Story number two. I think that's mine. All right. I'm pretty psyched about this one too. So eBay, I mentioned this before, but eBay has been coming on strong. So this week they announced that they're going to be the first player to accept NFTs, again, non Fungible tokens, hard to say. There you go. There you go. Digital collectibles, woo, like trading cards, images, and video clips on its platform. If you haven't learned about NFTs yet, look it up because it's really, really interesting. So they're the first e-commerce players player to jump head first into the NFT swimming pool, so to speak. And they've also been hiring a ton of people. So a ton of people are leaving big name companies to go to eBay, specifically the one we just talked about, Walmart. So just in the last few weeks, Stephanie J, who used to be in charge of like the digital advertising network at Walmart, she's now gone over there to uh, head up uh, to be their chief business and strategy officer. Their CEO left left Walmart also, uh, Jamie Ianone. He went over to, he went to become the CEO from Walmart. Uh, they got a guy named Jordan Sweetham who also left Walmart to go over there. He's on the digital product development side. And rumor has it they're getting a ton of execs from all over the place too. Something is in the water over at eBay that is getting people interested in them. And I also think this announcement is super sweet. And what do you think? Yeah, I love it. I mean, I think that you're right. Like something's cooking over there. And one, you know, I think the Stephanie J hire is a huge one. You look at where a lot of these platforms, Amazon, Walmart, Target, like at Kroger, everybody's building their advertising networks to supplement the income for a lot of the other innovation work that they have in the works. And so I think that that was a big hire to still like really propel eBay forward and, and really be competitive in that space. And then working with NFTs and crypto and blockchain buying like that, that seems like we were talking about yesterday, you said like that's on par for eBay. It makes sense for them to be doing that. Um, and I think that that further legitimizes crypto too. And like, and, and these NFTs and being able to transact in this way, like now that eBay is going to be providing that as an option, they haven't confirmed crypto payment yet, but that's in the works. Like having that as the platform to make those transactions uh, makes it, I would say, accessible for a lot more people. Yeah. You know, what's funny last week, one of my biggest takeaways from last week was the top 10 list. Actually, I've been thinking about writing about it, but like the top 10 e-commerce, but you forget just how big eBay is. And I had this conversation, you and I had it too, but I had somebody else who was like, who even goes to eBay anymore? Like I, like I haven't gone there in like forever, like to shop, but they're still doing a ton of volume. And you're right. Like NFT, that's their history, right? Like mm-hmm. they started as online, an online auction site. What better place to try to get into this? They haven't even really touched the other market in terms of like, say the StockX stuff and all that. Like there's still probably a lot of like low hanging fruit to pick up there for people that aren't Gen Z or millennials. So like the, the Gen X is an up could probably easily still go to eBay and get that. It might not be cool, but you could poach that volume for sure. But like NFT makes sense. Like I think the whole, how do we buy and sell and trade these and where do we go and where are we going to do it comfortably and confidently as, you know, as consumers, like eBay has as much right to win, I think in that as anybody. So I think it's, I think it's cool. 
think it's different. It gets me interested. And for anyone listening out there too, the other part that I'm kind of cool, that I've kind of been super psyched about is not only the buying and selling of NFTs, but what's the showcase? What's the trophy, the digital online trophy case showroom for NFTs? I want to see how that starts to play out, what people get into that space. I think that's cool. If you have ideas too, let me know because I'd be interested to learn more about that. All right. Want to keep on rolling? Let's do it. Uh, right. So this was maybe one of my, I think this is my favorite headline actually. Really? The show. I'm going to tease oh, wow. it. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Dick's Sporting Goods is opening a new off-price concept called Going, Going, Gone. And that's how you have to say it when you want to go there anytime. Holy uh, cow. <laughs> the, the going, going, gone concept, not to be confused with their warehouse sales, which they're also still doing, uh, will feature surprising deals on unique finds in footwear and apparel with deep discount events throughout the year. Uh, big news here, Chris. Also, this is our AM. Put you on the spot question. Oh, Jesus. Really? So oh, you are on the spot. I didn't, I didn't know that. This week. Oh, great. So the A&M Consumer and Retail Group says we get the concept of Dick's off price. Makes sense. Now, that said, in the athletic apparel space, Nike, Adidas, Reebok, some of Dick's biggest uh, partners, they've all been pursuing their own D2C strategies going forward with their own outlet channels. They're severing ties with people like Nike and DSW. They cut ties what do you make of this disconnect and the implications that it has on Dick's sporting goods vendor relationships? Whoa, <laughs> that is a good question. Wow. That's like a, that is a definitely next level question. Well, kudos to the AM group for coming up with that. That's why we bring them to you guys every week on this show. Whoa. That's, I think that's probably the most heady question those guys have ever asked. Um, wow. Where do I start? Okay. I think first of all, I do like the move. I think it makes sense. Like, even though I made fun of the name going, going, gone and how ironic that is with everything that's happening in e-commerce, I think it's a great move. I mean, I think you're going to need more places to get rid of uh, discounted merchandise, but specifically returned merchandise. I think we have to figure out different ways to do that. And so I think Dick's makes sense. The question that they're getting at, though, is what does this mean in terms of channel partnerships with all the brands that go into the store? I, th- I think that's fascinating, too. I mean... My take right now, my hot take would be, I think there's space for a category killer in most most businesses. And Ann, I want to hear from you because you're kind of living this lifestyle a little bit more than I am with, with the young kids right now. But so I think of places like Dick's, I think there, there's, a, there's a need for a physical sporting goods store. Uh, Best Buy, I think there's still a need for a physical electronics store. Ikea, um, who gets left out of that is like, like places like Bed Bath & Beyond don't fit the mold in that for me. And I think the reason being like, what's the chore you have to get done? And when you're talking sporting goods with kids, that is a chore you have to get done. And there's some efficiencies and convenience to having that physical location. So I think that's always going to exist. So I'm not worried about this from a channel partnership perspective, because I think all that can be written out contractually in terms of what inventory goes where and how Dix mm-hmm. needs to think about it. And I think both sides will need each other. So let's just use Nike as the example. I think Nike will still need Dix as the outlet for their product to tap into that consumer base who has that chore to get done. Um, and so I think they'll, it'll be kind of the symbiotic relationship, even though this type of, you know, outlet strategy is also being stood up, but tell me where I'm wrong and what did I miss there? Cause that, that, that's a tough question. And granted, this is not my wheelhouse either. I'll say that right off the bat. You know, I tend to, I mean, I agree with you. I, I actually think it would shock me if 
Nike and Adidas and some of these other brands, especially when you think about it, not as like the lifestyle stuff, not as like the clothing, the lifestyle footwear, the, the hot sneaker drops. Like right. that's not where Dick's is playing. That's not what they're okay? be about. They're, yeah, they're playing be in the sporting Good goods equipment. Like it's right. not the same thing. Nike wouldn't like, they don't have the footprint to dedicate to like carrying six different brands of baseball or formats of baseball gloves. Right. And I totally agree with you. There is nowhere else to go anymore. There's the mom and pops are practically gone when it comes yeah. to this category. And so when you need, which happens a lot, yeah. a lot, like you're at a tournament somewhere and you need new shin guards or you need yeah. new socks, like you're, this is it. This is your only spot to go. And so I think that this move is so, so smart by Dix. I love it. I think you, we one have the main store that can still focus on these really cool experience things where you have, you know, trials for different soccer cleats and all of those like really great things to go hard on like what you're going to a Dick Sporting Goods store for. But then I also love this like, off price concept because you know what I don't care about when I'm buying mm. new soccer cleats for my eight-year-old, whether they're this year's version or last yeah. year's version. I don't care and neither do they. They want a soccer cleat that's affordable that gets them into the sport. And so I think that there's tons of opportunity here, like you said, with returns and really getting of that affordable price point because your other alternative is ordering from Amazon. And I just did that for my son's cleats this year. It took two weeks for them to get here. Actually, three weeks from Nike directly, two weeks from Amazon and three weeks from Nike directly to get yeah. one pair of cleats. Like that's not going to work for people. You yeah. got to have this option. And so I love, love, love what they're doing here. Yeah. Even as you say what you just said too, I think also, I think there's some benefits to Nike to say, Hey, for that type of product, Dix, why don't you handle all that? Like exactly. we don't want the cost of all that. Like, why don't you handle mm -hmm. the liquidation and markdowns of all that stuff and the reselling of all that stuff? Yeah, I think it makes the other part too is going back to like the category killer and who survives. There's a tactile element to that purchase process too. Like you mm -hmm. want confidence in the equipment, right? Just like you right. want confidence sometimes in what electronics you're buying because you're spending the money. You know, I think again, like that's those are important questions to think about about who thrives here in the future of I think physical retailing. So that was that was a cool discussion. God, I love doing this show. That was so much fun. All right, who's got the fourth one? Is that me or you? That's you. It's me. All right. Of course it is. Cause that's, I didn't know. All right. So after, after what was a successful test at Deer Park Center on Long Island, Tanger Outlets has announced that they're partnering with Philogic to do online fulfillment for all of their other outlets. Yes. Did you like that accent? I tried my Long Island accent. I can't do it. It's very terrible. Well. I, it at, just sounded like you were gargling. Like I'm, I'm better at dropping my R's and trying to get a Get a, maybe a little Boston accent going. But anyway, here's how it works. At each property, Philogic, uh, their staff's going to pick up the merchandise uh, purchased online. Uh, and they're going to basically keep a collection of online inventory from retailer stores and then aggregate it and then pre-sort it for efficient and consolidated pickup and delivery through what they're calling their proprietary DPN. I was like a little DPN. Delivery, yeah. their delivery provider network. They'll also provide a host of different services, including uh, same-day delivery for rest, for anyone in the area, one-stop shopping allow. And by one-stop shopping, I mean, it sounds like in this case, it's allowing customers to conveniently drop off online returns at these sites within these outlet centers as well. Um, man, there's been a lot happening in this space. And why don't you get the first take on this? Yeah, I mean, I think that we're starting to finally see some movement from 
mall owners, not just mall owners either, like strip centers, you know, how the pandemic kind of forced them to rethink one, where's one zone where we can have consolidated curbside pickup and then kind of like letting that bubble up and continue on and say, okay, if we're going to offer one zone, what do we have to do as a center to make that faster, to get cars through there faster? And then they're, they're starting to kind of expand the thinking around what it's going to take to operate this property as one you know, functioning, living, breathing organism. And we're seeing some really cool stuff about it. I mean, we have, we have adept mind. We're doing a conversation with Jesse Michael talking about how they brought the entire mall online next week, which I'm really excited for. It's stuff like this. That's just, it's coming to the fore now. And I think that, um, that it's a great indication of, of kind of where people should be thinking if they're not already. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I, (laughs) There is a ton of heat. I'm getting, I am getting in conversations. In fact, I'm doing a panel. I did a panel today on this very topic with um, uh, real estate people up in Montreal uh, earlier today around how do you make malls shoppable online? But there's a ton of heat coming on this. Here's my thing though. I think there's two ways you're seeing people think about this. There's people that are thinking about it psychologically. And then there's thinking about, then there's people that are thinking about it executionally. And there's, it's on each side of those ends. Mm-hmm. I actually don't agree with this approach. This isn't the approach I recommend because you're getting very logistical and tactical very fast, which is like you're setting up the hubs, you're, you're yep. trying to coordinate all the delivery logistics. The bigger question to me though is how are you marketing and communicating to the right psychology? And this is what we go into with Jesse. And at some point the two are going to meet and the magic is going to be made. But I take more of the, hey, how are people wanting to shop? How are people wanting to engage? Figuring out all those things. And then doing what you need to on the back end of the execution side until you have the right answers before you start right. to invest in these types of relationships. Again, they're going to meet in the middle, but that's the approach that I think I espouse. And if you're interested in learning more, you should definitely check out the Adept My conversation because Jesse and I go really deep. We're going to go really deep on this in a live LinkedIn session next week. I'll try to remember to put the invite in the show notes. We talk about this whole thing that I just described for about 40 minutes and you can live chat and ask him questions about what he's learned along the way to make Centennial Malls shoppable to the degree that they are, which they just launched last week at Main Place Mall out in California. All right. Should we go on to the next headline, Chris? Let's we wrap it. it up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. So the convenience store chain Circle K is launching a beverage subscription program called Sip and Save, where customers can have one tea, coffee, frost or slushy or polar pop fountain drink of their choosing every day for the low, low price of $5.99 per month. Uh, I do love doing this gave... show because I realize you're as big of a dork as I am every week. Oh, it's pretty fun. It's a good validation. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, so, Chris, this program, I think, is going to blow the slurpy lids off of that, off of all of the Panera data that was coming in. I, I told you, everybody, listeners will recall, it was very anti-Panera subscription program. Came down a little bit and was like, okay, it's a good idea to keep retargeting your your. Uh, oh, your, really? Now your you're saying it was customers. a good idea. Okay. Yeah, I right. did in the podcast. If you I replay that podcast. I think podcast, you're wheezing the juice here, Ann. I think you're wheezing the no, juice no, of, no, no, of no, history. No, 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 no. Not at all. And I specifically said in that podcast that I think it makes more sense for a a C store to implement this kind of policy than it does Panera because I think that the concept is much. I think we made that do- prediction. Yes, this will be much better because it's more accessible to more people. I think you have a lot 
you know, better hours. Circle K's got like 7,200 locations across the U.S. Like, yes, I would definitely be willing to pay if I'm already going there in the morning as part of my routine to get gas or to pick up a breakfast snack or totally. something like that. Like, this is golden. I love it. I'm surprised this took so long, to be honest with you. Like, I really am. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of surprised. Like, yeah, you get that trip inside that gas station every day or on a regular basis. Yeah, I think that's why we predict. I mean, I'm pretty sure if I remember back, we predicted that the, the gas stations would do this next. Um, it, it's it's kind of it's fascinating to think about. What's really curious to me is like if Starbucks ever goes this route, it's just such an addiction. I don't see them ever doing it. But oh, but I, doesn't make sense for Starbucks. I don't think. No, I think I don't Starbucks think, loses on that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the so. Seven dollar coffees. Yeah, I don't think so either. But it, but it's interesting though because you wonder you do wonder how much of you know how much of a slice will this start to take out of Starbucks over time, or is that just it's a completely different clientele, but I think it's so funny that you love, I mean, I, it's easy to love this, I guess, is what you're saying. But with Panera, you were like, ah, it's a little bit more of a stretch for, for me to, for, to get you to do that. Is that, is, was that the, I think, I think that's the, per, that's the point that I'm getting at. Like I would not subscribe to the Panera scription subscription at all like it's there's not enough locations the hours they weren't even open until 9 a.m like if you're working a you know a construction job and you got to be on the job site by 6 a.m like the only place you can go to get your coffee and snacks before work are the convenience stores and there's 7200 of them i mean the other like analog that i had for this chris was like you know the gas coupons that they used to give like three cents off per gallon that were on the back of your grocery receipt people would change their entire shop like they search yeah, right. around they had gas tracker sites online to find the cheapest gas like this is another driver and i think that we're gonna see people who are like this makes complete sense to me yeah this is just a question of math i mean 5.99 a month that's bomb like yeah whoa like you know you that is just a question for in your first week. how many Right. Just how many incremental purchases you're getting from the customers by doing that. I mean, if anything, I'd be worried that this is maybe too hot of a price. Maybe you should have tried it a little bit higher, like maybe 10 bucks and see if you need to bring it down because you can always bring it down and give people the benefit of that savings who signed up at the higher price point. So from a merchandising perspective, I don't know that I love the $5.99. Like that's that's pretty killer and hot. Limited time offer, Chris. Limited time offer. Yeah. Of course, I guess coffee costs nothing, especially coffee probably at a convenience store. So I don't know. I think it's cool. I mean, it's just another thing we predicted a while back that we thought we'd see this coming. Um, it's another one of those things that you, you kind of want you sit back and you go, why did it take so long? Even like the NFT story, I was like, how is somebody just now doing this? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and who's, and then the question gets into my head is like, who's going to be the next one? Like, right. Who's going to be the next, like, and who can own that? Like I thought, I think Target's interesting in that conversation. I think Best Buy could be interesting in that con. Dick's Sporting Goods could be interesting in that conversation. Nike, like there's, there's just a lot of cool things you could start to do in that space. And of course, there's the online, you know, or the big fashion houses too. Like it's going to be fascinating to watch. All right. Well, that was a fun show, man. That was a fun show. God, I love doing this. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to wrap it up. Happy birthday today to Robert Pattinson, which, and by the way, have you seen Tenet? That's a good flick. No, I haven't yet. I heard it's good. Yeah. Christopher Nolan. He's pretty good at Pattinson's pretty good in that too. I'm kind of pumped to see him as Batman. Uh, Well, anyway, Robert Pattinson, Harvey Keitel, and of course, then there's Maude, the late, great, be author. Be, oh my God, I screwed that up. Be Arthur. Be Arthur. Arthur, not be author. Be Arthur, who somehow finds my way into my writing at least once or twice a year. But remember, 
you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it Talk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And it's all, we try really hard to keep it all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And of course, and as always, be careful out there. The Omnitalk Fast Five is brought to you with the help and support of the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And also, Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com.